You're listening to a curated podcast from the Beyond Infinity radio program broadcast live on Tuesdays from 11am from our Mornington studios in Victoria, Australia. Presented by me, Piers Cunningham. And me, John Young. If you've got a uh, smartphone, a lot of people do these days, and you want to type quickly, you want to input data quickly, and maybe text really quickly, there's a number of applications that allow you to do this. Mm. One of them is called SwiftKey. It's owned by Microsoft. When you install that, because I did just recently, you get asked, do you agree to have full access? You'll get best performance out of the application in terms of preemptive texting and yep. you know recognizing the kind of words yeah, that you want. Yeah, this is if you drag your finger yeah, across. Yeah, you're literally actual, swiping yeah. your finger across. You're not individually tapping the, the, yeah. the keys. And it's able to use its own AI essentially yep. to work out, well, because you, you've moved across to the this letter and then this letter, this is the word that we expect that you're yes. trying to spell but out. But for you to get the full benefits from that, you do have to agree when you install it, you get taken through that sort of set up process and you do have some options about how much info you want to share mm-hmm. with on the server side mm-hmm. and I kind of think I think I just said okay I'll share everything I want maximum performance mm-hmm. so it means that a lot of data is being taken by Microsoft and yep. used to give you that service. And it's one I think of those... it's, it's sort of tapping. It's sort of look tapping into the uh, the shared knowledge. So, for example, we both may make a similar gesture on the device mm. to get to a word. Mm. And so, if I've dragged my finger across the screen and said, "Oh no, I didn't want that word. I wanted this other word," then that information is feeding back to the servers. Yep. And then it means that the next time, this is what machine learning is all about. The next time that somebody else uses the same finger swipe, it goes, "Well, actually." It probably should be the second word rather than the first that's one. That's right. So that's where it, it, the machine learning is trying to understand what a group of people are using that swap, particular swipe. Yep, yeah, exactly. It does work quite well. And if you actually open the app up, it'll give you statistics on you know the benefits that you're receiving as a result of using the Swift yeah, key. How much time you're saving. You yeah. Know. So when you when you open the Swift key app, you don't you can actually have it running in the background. You yeah. don't have to have it actually open all the time to be able to use it. It for replaces your, keyboard. your standard keyboard. Exactly. Yeah. It, it replaces the standard Apple yeah. keyboard in my, in my case on an iPhone, and it gives you little sort of perform. You know, it says productivity. I am twenty eight percent more productive with Swift key. Mm. Distance typed using Flow, which is the swiping your finger rather than individually tapping the the keys. And you can still do both. You don't have to do. No, that's right. You can do both. Swipe. You yeah, can yeah. do both. Four hundred and fifty four point six four minutes is uh, the time that I've saved. Apparently. This is according to the app. Keystrokes saved 4,877. I've only been running it for about two months. Mm-hmm. Words typed using the Flow system, which is SwiftKey, 9,261. Words predicted, over 1,400. Words completed, over 1,800. SwiftKey has corrected or completed 1,824 of, more of my typed words. Mm. So it gives you those stats to try to sort of encourage you to use it. And you don't pay for the app. So you are left wondering yourself, well, what, what happens? How does... How does Microsoft what's mm. in it for them yeah. and they are gathering data mm-hmm. now certain things that should be mentioned if you if you're putting in a, a password or if you've um, if you've got to enter some sensitive you know financial information or mm-hmm. a password to say a bank account something like that then those tend to not appear with a swift swift key keyboard the predictive yes stuff, so yeah. so there are certain things which are quarantined from it that it won't be sending up to mm-hmm. its servers and that is stated in the kind of user agreement of swift key should also be noticed that with swift key about two years ago uh, you Users reported receiving kind of preemptive stuff from up, well, clearly from other users. So you know, you type the first couple of letters of an email address into a text message mm-hmm. with SwiftKey, it'll it'll 
recognize your own text or your own email address which mm-hmm. is useful it saves you writing out the whole thing what people were seeing a couple of years ago i think it was 2016 that this uh, this glitch appeared in the system they were actually seeing uh, predictive text uh, emails from other people and other information which had clearly had nothing to do with yes. them and they got a fairly terse response i believe from what i've read about that incident from swiftkey about this but otherwise, Microsoft does offer a fairly detailed security and privacy information pack. If you want to look at it, you can. They're not the only ones that actually provide this software. No, there, that's there, right. There are a whole gamut of different providers and app developers. Yep. And for example, even Google itself have created with their Google keyboard the ability to swipe. So I have used swipe in the past. And I think around that time you mentioned back in 2016 when there was those issues, I stopped using it. Right. And I downloaded the Google uh, keyboard at that point. And now that I have the Pixel 2... Uh, I just use the standard, you know, off-the-shelf keyboard that comes with that because that allows the swiping. It doesn't give me the stats like it does for you, but it still provides that productivity. There's no real difference in in me using one or the other. I guess apart from the fact that, you know, my data is only with Google. I, I guess I've have enough trust in Google rather than adding this to another another third party into you know who's accessing my data at this stage. Yeah. Right. Well, there's another mobile keyboard app called AI.Type mobile keyboard app. And this was a breach which kind of illustrates some of the risks that are posed by using third-party keyboard apps. It reportedly contained risky information about the keyboard's users, which demonstrated the type of data third-party keyboards can capture and expose. This data included phone numbers, email addresses, and full names, device characteristics including model and even individual device identity numbers, I think the IMEI number of a device, social network profile details, physical location information using GPS on your phone, address book and uh, contact records as well. And that was data from 31 million users of the AI.type mobile keyboard app. SwiftKey, which we've mentioned already, SwiftKey states that the data transferred to SwiftKey Cloud is transmitted uh, to their servers over encrypted channels and is stored in a fully encrypted manner. The company also points that its data protection practices are governed by stringent EU privacy protection laws and mentions uh, the safe, safe harbour principles. The company also states that the data of users who don't enable SwiftKey Cloud is not transferred out of their devices. So you can yeah. opt out. If you're you concerned can, you about can, your privacy yeah. security. You then, can have a yeah. limited use. You can have yeah. a kind of watered down. It won't be as effective, won't be quite as predictive, won't be as effective in allowing you to swipe fast. Mm-hmm. If you see privacy as an issue, then that might be something. And as I said, certain things like passwords and stuff are quarantined yes. from this anyway. And it's not apparently even seeking these. There is a, uh, a thing that you've been talking about. It's called Gboard. Google's Gboard keyboard allows its users to submit search queries to Google without explicitly switching to a web browser. So you might yeah. take the attitude that Google has so much information about you that you don't care if you, you just add a bit more via using Gboard. So instead of a keyboard, you're using a Gboard. Yeah, and that's and that, essentially... And that, is, I presume, is an app that you... A separate app you download into your phone? Yeah, I don't know what mine's called, but I, I think it uses the same exactly the same platform. It's the Google keyboard, so Gboard. And if I do a search on the keyboard, look, if I'm so on Google Chrome and I start typing for a location, in some situations, you can actually open up sort of the extra features of the keyboard and allow you to do a, a GIF search. So, yeah. so there's sort of other other features that you can do with that. And yes, there are options. I think it's with, um, for example, with WhatsApp. If I start typing a message and I mention a location, then um, the keyboard itself will actually bring up the option to select the Google Map 
link or the location, the data there. So yeah, there's look, there, there are some features that are built into the Google keyboard, which make it for me a very useful keyboard. Yeah, keyboard. and I think if you if someone if you're using uh, you know say a Google Calendar or Gmail, which is the uh, the uh, the web based Google email service, then there may be uh, you know you may consider that you've giving so much information up to Google already, then you might as well just add the Gboard rather yeah, than sort of sharing right. it with a separate company like Microsoft. In the case of SwiftKey, there's a possible way of looking at that. Your searches are sent to Google's web servers to give you search results, and usage statistics are sent to let Google know which features are used most often to help us understand problems. That's according to Google. Another uh, one of these keyboard streamliners is called Flexi. It uses language modeling data in its original privacy policy, explaining that it refers to data such as common phrases and words that you use when typing with Flexi. Makes general claims such as the data concerning the user is collected to allow the owner to provide its services and purposes such as infrastructure monitoring, analytics, etc. So not a lot of detail on security measures beyond some fairly vague statements in the case of Flexi. There is a frequently asked questions page. If you want to go to the Flexi website, you can get more information there. And I tend to go to, um, in particular in the Google Play Store, because I'm in the Android ecosystem, I'll tend to look at the number of downloads and then the, the reviews and what people are actually saying about the app in the review section to get an idea of, um, you know, do I want to add this to my system. Generally, if you find there are security concerns or performance issues, uh, they will be highlighted in some of the uh, the comments or the or the reviews or the apps itself. Okay, well, according to Flexi, they reckon that their competitors making the swipe type keyboards, they make money by mining user data for various purposes such as advertising, personal voice assistance and so on. Whereas in the case of Flexi, their company's business model is based on the purchases users make inside Flexi's app, so in-app purchases yeah. as opposed As opposed to stuff where they're actually taking your data and analyzing it and selling it off to third parties. Swipe is another popular keyboard for mobile devices uh, developed by a company called Nuance. um, And um, users need to be okay about allowing keyboard developers to collect and store uh, on their servers language modeling data without fully understanding the meaning of this term or its privacy and security implications. The collection of such data is generally acknowledged by the keyboard developers, though they offer almost no details regarding how this data is safeguarded beyond referring to encryption, which may or may not be completely satisfactory. And you'll see this in our show notes, but we are referring to quite an in-depth story published in Zeltzer, Z-E-L-T-S-E-R.com, about the security of third-party keyboard apps on mobile devices. Thanks for listening. And head to beyondinfinity.com.au for the best bits from the live show or to connect with us on social media. We welcome your feedback and suggestions for future shows.